Welcome to the Business Podcast Canada, a Canadian podcast for business professionals around the world with Victor Miyagi and Robin Alisat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Business Podcast Canada. My name is Victor Miyagi, and of course, we also have Robin Alisat here with us. Robin, how are you today? I'm good, Victor. How about for yourself? I'm good. Good. We're talking about the heat, uh, but I do have a window AC going, so I'm not suffering as much as you are. <laughs> and I appreciate well, your empathy because I knew that you were going to be prepared for this extreme heat wave that we have going on in Calgary. And I was like, oh, this is going to be looking so bad. <laughs> oh, not, nothing like last year, though, with the heat dome that we yes. had. It, it was like, I think we got to up to like 40 degrees at, at a, cer- a certain point. Or I may be exaggerating, but it was really hot. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And especially because we had a lot of um, forest fires that year too. So with like the yes. heat and the smoke, like it really felt like it could be in like the plus 40s. You're, yes. you're 100% right on that. And then you you can't open the the window at night because oh. there's the 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 smoke and it's uh, like bad for your health, I guess. So what do you do? <laughs> you suffer. <laughs> you just cry yourself to sleep. <laughs> You suffer and you pray. That's that's all that's all you can do. But this year I was prepared. I bought my AC window AC is like in March. So they wouldn't be sold out. So now I'm happy. (laughs) But I did find it quite timely that you picked this topic. I think it's a great topic uh, to begin with. But I think for today, as we're both experiencing the extreme heat, it's like, oh, that was a good one, Victor. Yes, yes, because you can get very heated at work. So in today's episode, we'll be talking about an article published by the Harvard Business Review called How to Quickly Calm Down When You Get Triggered at Work. I thought this topic would be great since Robin is one of the happiest co-workers I've had the pleasure of working with. She's always cheerful, always happy, always friendly, even when I know she was dealing with complicated situations. So I want to know how she does it. <laughs> um Now, so another thing that prompted this topic was a LinkedIn post by Mel Rappelier, an incredible HR consultant and public speaker with the HR czar, where he asked people what they would do if they receive an angry, rude email at work. The options were ignore it, tell supervisor, send an angry email back, or walk over to talk to him or her. 68% of the voters chose the last option. However... My belief is that it should never get to that point in the first place. You shouldn't have to walk over and see what's going on. I commented and said that the onus should be on the angry person to have some emotional control before sending an angry email. I don't believe sending emails, uh, angry emails at work is acceptable, regardless of the background story. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robin, what would you do if you get an angry, rude email from a coworker? Oh my gosh, Victor. And it's, and you're, it's so to your point, it's like, obviously there's been a lack of communication and maybe it has been through team Slack email where it's just missed that tone. And I think especially, you know, in a day and age where we're on zoom and we're really heavily relying on, um, you know, different ways of communication. I think that's where it really gets to break down. And even though it's like safe zone where you don't have to turn on your camera or look presentable or, um, you know, address those awkward situations that you can already feel the tension. I think the best way is, you know, having certain communications, but then talking and then having, you know, those different communications, but then talking again. Mm. Um, For me, I think that's always helped where, you know, if I have gotten it and surprisingly enough, clients like to do that all the time as, 
as client success managers, Victor, I'm sure you've had one of those emails, um, but I find it interesting. It's like, oh my gosh, let's get on a call. Let's realign. There's definitely something that I've missed. And then it's always funny when you get on the call with a client or a coworker, how it like de-escalates super quickly. And it's like, oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, let's see what, uh, so that was just what prompted this topic today. But again, we are going to be talking about this article from Harvard Business Review. So they have a few tips for us or a few recommendations. The first one is to take deep breaths. So we were just talking about that as we were preparing for this episode. So actually, what they explained is that taking deep breaths creates a physiological response. So I don't know how to pronounce this, but it's the vagus, I think it's the vagus nerve. So it's, uh, it's part of, of course, your, your body's nervous system. And when you slow down and you deepen your breath, that stimulates that nerve and it helps push you back into a more relaxed state of mind. Mm-hmm. So their recommendation is to inhale for a count of four and exhale for a count of eight. Okay. So this will slow down your heartbeat. It will stabilize your blood pressure and it will encourage full oxygen exchange. That's what the article says. So definitely a good one to have. And it also doesn't take too long. Um, I think probably you can't do it if you're having a conversation with someone and you just stop and breathe. Uh, but definitely if you receive like an e- like an angry email or if you receive something you don't like, if you see something you don't like and you have that kind of time at your desk or at home to do yeah. some deep breathing exercises, uh, that does help calm you down. I think that I've maybe done it a few times. Have you used this uh, technique? You know what, Victor, I never, when I, when we first looked at this article, I was like, oh yeah, take deep breaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I realized as I was considering it for this topic, it's like, I, when I'm on a call specifically, or if I've had a big conversation, but more or less like when I'm on a call and it is getting heated or it's not going the way that I want, I've realized that I do exhale like, Ooh, okay. Mm. (laughs) And then you kind of move on to the next um, you know, topic of your day or your yeah. next meeting. But I've realized that I quite heavily rely on me just being able to take a moment, exhale. I don't yeah. do the four and the eight, but I really like that tactic because to your point, I think it's quick and it's easy and you can, you know, move mm-hmm. on. Um, but I really actually rely on taking a breath before moving on to the next thing. Um, if I am kind of in back-to-back meetings, how about for yourself uh-huh. though? Have you noticed that, that you do that? I don't think that I have noticed that, but I think it's it's definitely a good um, tip or a good suggestion from Harvard Business Review here to do that. I don't know if I'm like in the middle of a call how I would do that, but it's that's a really good tip that you because it's kind of like you built it into the conversation or you almost use it as a segue to go into the next item of the of the meeting. Yeah. So that's a really good tip. And that's also why, of course, I wanted to get your thoughts on the on these topics since the, again, you're always happy. And I know that sometimes you were in uh, complicated calls. Uh, when we used to work together and still you would we would get on a call with the team and you would always be a ray of sunshine so again i was like how does she do it (laughs) Um, a big exhale after every tough conversation (laughs) there we go so if you ever hear robin exhaling you know what's going on you just made her angry (laughs) okay all right okay 
What else, uh, what other tips do they have for us, Robin? So this, this is really interesting, Victor, because distracting yourself. And mm. again, I can't, I, you know, secretly eye rolled at this because how can you distract yourself? You know, for me personally, I definitely take things to an extreme emotional level when I get negative feedback or a client's not happy or I'm in those conversations. Cause like, mm. oh my gosh, what have I done? Like, where did I go wrong? How did mm. I get to this point? And then especially if I can't um, resolve it right away, I really get into overthinking and overthinking and overthinking. Um, but it's interesting because it does say like when you're in the heat of an intense emotion, mm. distraction mm. is is a useful way to regulate your negative feelings as it's less effort than other techniques. Mm. And I'm so like, so I'm curious about that, Victor, because for me, like I do, I like rabbit yeah. hole into that of like overanalyzing, overthinking. Um, so I'm really curious, like for you, do you, are you able to distract yourself before coming back after you've taken your four inhale breaths and then eight seconds um, exhale breaths? Like, are, do you, are you able yeah. to do that? I think this is one that I do use is distracting, especially if you have the time to distract yourself, like if you're having a conversation and that's where you're heated, there's also a couple of, uh, of tips here from th this article of what you can do like at the same time as you know, when you're having the conversation. But uh, if you have the time, what I do is I will watch like the Disney fireworks, uh, like a video of the Disney fireworks, or I'll watch like a funny video. Uh, maybe I'll even call someone like if you're at the at the office, you can yes. call like a, a friend or a family member, don't let it out on them, but do vent and say, Hey, I just need to talk to someone. This is going on. I'm like super, super angry right now. I just needed to mm -hmm. talk to someone. That's a good distraction. Also, if again, if you're in an office setting, just going for a walk. So uh, yeah. just or for a snack, you know, getting a coffee, just doing something that will distract you from that, which is making you angry. But it's easier said than done when you have that time to distract yourself. But when you're in the heat of the moment and you're in the call, how do you distract yourself? I think there are a couple of tips that they have over here, but I think I like the one that said, uh, maybe you can look around you and find all the red objects in the room, or you can kind nice. of play with your fingers. It, uh, it says to uh, feel the ridges of your fingerprints. So, you know, something that again, kind of just, just distracts your mind. You can also go to your, go to your happy place. Yeah. So yes, I see that Robin is yelling at me, but in my mind, <laughs> I am in, in Disney, in Disneyland, right. you know, so even that, like, just maybe I think we all do it. Someone's talking and you kind of zone them out mm -hmm. sometimes not intentionally, but you can also do it intentionally. If they are upsetting you, you know yeah. what? I'm going to go to my happy place now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what I'll do to calm down. How do you do it? Oh, interesting. And it's funny that you just say that because I realize, and I know that we've talked about this on, you know, a previous episode, it's like what not to say, like, instead of, um, or like using the filler words, uh, thank you. Uh, I, as Victor said, we used to work together. And then as I was transitioning out, Victor helped me with some of my accounts that I was um, leaving. And one of them very specifically, as soon as I started, just chewed me out and it was interesting because I think I was distracting myself by saying, thank you, you know, thank you for the feedback because I wasn't, I knew that they were upset and I knew that yes, it still had validation of what they were saying, but they absolutely could have said it in a different way. Mm. And I think I was distracting myself by just saying, thank you. 
because yes, I'm still acknowledging them, but I'm also giving myself an opportunity to not take that personally, not take that on, give myself some time to look at it. So I do appreciate, you know, to your point, it's Mm -hmm. like, and it's funny because as you fidget, right, you kind of move and it's like, maybe (laughs) that's a distraction that we didn't even think about. Or, you know, I, you know, definitely fidget with things. And it's so funny now that it's written and we're talking about it, it's like, wow, maybe I really am distracting myself more than I thought I was with those kind of fidgety. And I use air air quotes again, um, the fidgets, but maybe it is like, if you see somebody fidgeting, maybe that's a great opportunity for someone to identify that and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of restart the conversation. But the thank yous I've realized is a big distractor for me in to ensure that I'm taking what's coming at me, but also making sure that there's time to respond without having to do it right away. Yeah. I think the one that I go to is I understand. So maybe I don't understand, but when you tell someone (laughs) that you understand, I feel like that also kind of, Oh, he understands. So it it helps a little bit. And I, I have been told that I have a tell when I am angry and I kind of supposedly I'm trying to be discreet about it. I will kind of rub the back of my head or like play with my hair a little bit in the back. Apparently I do that when I'm mad and that's what I've been told. And maybe like you said, that is me kind of distracting myself, like feeling my hair or feeling the back of my head so that I am distracted and I don't lash out (laughs) at you at that moment. Oh, I'm so like, I'm so curious for people that are listening. I would love to know more about this. Like, what are your distractions that you didn't think you were doing or that would be a fidget? And maybe it was something that, oh my gosh, when I'm in this intense conversation, that's so interesting, Victor, because I think the conversations that I've seen you in, I feel like you get very, is it stoic? I'm not going to say that right at all, but like, you're just very... like you're very expressive and I appreciate that you can <laughs> tell when like if I'm on the right page with you or we're thinking the same thing but when we've been in situations that I think you did need a, a moment you don't give any expression whatsoever and it's like oh my goodness okay <laughs> <laughs> I try I try um, but now apparently now you know what I do so if you see me playing with my hair I think you you know now what that you means you know what to do okay sounds good and also so have you watched the show lie to me I have not no oh, it's a really good show it's a really good show it tells you all about like the facial cues and like the hand movements body positioning that you can read people and one of them that I remember now, and of course, we'll show this in the snippet, but if you're listening to the podcast, if you see someone kind of rubbing their hand or their fingers like this while they're talking to you, that's yeah. like a self-soothing. You're kind of self-soothing. So if you, again, if someone has like their arms cro- or their hands crossed and they're, you see that they're doing this with their hands, they're kind of yeah. rubbing their finger, that means that they're self-soothing. So what are you doing that they need to be self-soothing? Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, such a great, uh, you know, great topic to understand even others. And sometimes yep. you may even, you may not notice that you're upsetting the other person, but if you can identify these fidgeting or the playing with your hair or self-soothing, maybe, oh, wait, hold on. Am I saying something that's crossing the line? What's happening here? Yeah. You know, that's causing that. 
Absolutely. And I think I've really appreciated the um, LinkedIn posts that I've seen you do or the comments that you make. So like, make sure that if there is somebody on, you know, if it mm. is a group discussion or if it is one-on-one -on -one and you're doing most of the talking or other people are doing most of the talking, make sure that you're reaching out to that person who isn't engaged as much or isn't talking mm -hmm. because to your point, like everybody has something to say and whether they're, you know, the stage doesn't feel right to them or, you know, it's so intimidating to speak out in a group environment, whether you're in person or virtually, um, mm -hmm. but making sure. So I agree with you, Victor. I think this is really cool in the sense that we're developing some and we're sharing some best, you know, best practices on how to calm down or just to make sure that you're okay and checking in with yourself. But then to your point, it's like really making sure that you're looking at the other person and mm -hmm, engaging mm -hmm. and making sure that it is, if it is the fidgety or that self self kind of soothing action, then yeah. we need to be more aware of that. Yeah, definitely. That, that helps with uh, social interactions that we have every day. And yeah. it's not as easy when you're in zoom because right now I, you can't see my hands. I may be self-soothing, <laughs> so you can't see, but you can definitely see if I go like this and I'm like, okay, so next, uh, next topic. Uh, every so often we'll do jazz hands. <laughs> Just to check, Just are, are you okay? Are you self-soothing or are you happy? <laughs> I love that. All right. The next tip or advice that the, the article has for us is to use your words. So it says here to think about two or three words that describe how you're feeling. So for example, if you, if you're feeling your, your blood pressure rise, mm -hmm. then I feel annoyed, frustrated, and worried. So kind of verbalizing it or putting words to how you're feeling also helps you relax. It says it diminishes the response of your amygdala. So it, even this is physiological, it does something to your body, to your nervous system that helps you calm down. And I think that's also a distractor. You know, instead of thinking about the insults you want to dish out, you're thinking about other words. <laughs> like, Victor, I've showered for 45 minutes having an internal conversation of how I'm going to respond to somebody. <laughs> yeah, and maybe, you know, this is three words, but maybe you need more than that. Okay, I feel this and this and this and this. <laughs> So it says the, the goal of emotional labeling, and this is, I guess, you know, con contradicting what I just said, it's not to too deeply explore and fully process your feelings. So yeah, it's not, you're not creating a journal entry, just three words uh, right. will be enough. And I love what it says here. It's about uh, quickly pulling yourself from the ledge of a stress induced response you might regret later. Because for example, like that email we were talking about, once you send the angry email, it's sent. So yeah. you can't yeah. take it back. Once you insult someone, you know, it's like, I remember in, uh, I think camp or something, uh, they gave us a sheet of paper and they said um, to crumble the sheet of paper. Okay, now make it like new again, uncrumble it. No matter how hard you try and how, you know, if you have a flat surface and you keep kind of going over it, it's never going to be the way it was before you crumbled it. So same yeah. thing with, you know, trust and that image that you have um, at work. If you insult someone, there's really no going back. No, so absolutely. take these uh, actions, take, uh, use one of these uh, recommendations before you do something that you might regret later. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's so funny, Victor, because again, internalize, I think about things over and over again. 
I take longer showers, you know, having conversations to myself on like what a conversation was looking like, but it's so true when I am able to really share how I'm feeling, I do feel better about that. And Mm. I would never think that. And I do appreciate, you know, the three words, keep it short and simple because of course, and it may be for me, but it's like, I want to explain what I, like how I got there. And I know that there'll be, there'll be time for that, but I think starting at a point where it's quick, it's easy. Most of, I'm sure most of the words could be identified with the other person. Uh, but I mm. think starting there is such a great way because then there's no more gray area. It's pretty direct. You kind of have an idea for the other person, at least to kind of restart or take a step back themselves and be able to approach the situation in a better light instead of trying to work through the feelings how did we come to this point? What mm-hmm. led us here? How can we change how we can do better? Uh, and then to your point, like making sure that we're not going to say something that is absolutely um, going to hurt the situation or the yeah. relationship down the road. I think that's yeah. so important, but I do, I actually really appreciated this, um, you know, keeping it short and sweet and really being able to share immediately. Well, not immediately. Cause it does say like, take your time with it. But mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. if you were able to practice this, I think this would be so helpful you know, being able to identify immediately like, oh, Victor, I'm feeling confused, frustrated, and, you know, whatever. I think that would really help us kind of pause and learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And did you realize, so in our first episode, we had the KISS, and now we have it again. So lots of kissing, (laughs) keeping it it short and simple. (laughs) All right. And we have, I think, one more recommendation from Harvard. Yeah, we do. So this is interesting. So I'll be really curious to know what you think about this one, because it's be ready with a script. Mm. And I think, again, both of our um, experiences with client success management. So we've dealt with a lot of um, you know clients throughout our professional career. We've been clients in our personal and professional career. And mm. so it's interesting. And that's the funny thing, because the first line of the script says, that's interesting. Can you tell me how you came to that conclusion. So I think it's interesting in the sense, I'm going to say interesting one more time so we can have like four interestings in a row. (laughs) Wow. So many. (laughs) Thank you for letting me have that. (laughs) Um, But I think having those one-liners available and kind of, you know, obviously, so then that's interesting. Can you tell me how you came to that conclusion? That's not how I see it. Can you say more about that? Mm. Or another suggestion that they have is thanks. Oh, wow. Thanks. I'd like to think about that more before responding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That has a hundred percent saved me in a lot of uncomfortable situations. Yes. Uh, as I was mentioning earlier, I do say, thank you. Thank you for letting me know um, as that pause in the moment, but you know, Victor, for you, like how, how do you, think about the script if you if you mm-hmm. did have you know if a client is upset or a coworker is upset like having that already written out for you so then when you do get that immediate you know feedback or the comment that does make your you know irk a little bit what if you had something on hand like immediately that you yeah. can refer to and then use in that situation yeah absolutely i think i have used phrases not really scripted but i do kind of use the same feeling so Mm -hmm. for example when there is profanity 
being used. Yes. You know, it's like, okay, I don't believe that the this conversation will be productive from this point. So I believe that we need to take some time and then get back to this topic. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when, once you get to the uh, point of there being profanity, you should end the conversation and Absolutely. then t- uh, pick it up again uh, some other time. So I think also being careful with uh, the the scripts and choosing phrases, I think the article does say to kind of uh, customize them to your style of speaking and uh, what you would normally say. Uh, I do remember uh, an office or an episode of The Office where I don't know if you've seen it, where Phyllis is trying to deal with Angela and she has a few phrases. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So, for example, uh, Angela is uh, livid. And then Phyllis says, I want to understand what you're saying, but it's difficult for me when you use that tone. <laughs> I, and then, of course, Angela has her own way mm-hmm. to get back at her. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, I think she also says, um, I'm sorry to hear that. That must be frustrating. And of course, Angela has a way to reply to that. Yes, yes. And there's one more uh, that I, I forget right now. I think it's just how does that make you feel? Yeah. And she also has a way to say, oh, I feel upset. I feel angry. I feel. <laughs> yeah. So, you and know, very much so Angela way of still being condescending. Yes. To yes, reply yes, to yes. Phyllis, but it's true. And I, and I do appreciate that in the article and, you know, at first it might seem silly to do, but it does say like write and rehearse two to three short lines that feel mm-hmm. natural to you. So to yes. your point, yes. two scripts that are simple to remember and applicable to many conversations And then this one's interesting because in my head, how do you review and rehearse them weekly so they become imprinted in your memory Mm -hmm. or you can use them when you need be. But then when I really think about it, it's like you can move this into your personal life too. Mm -hmm. So many times, like for me, I am married and, you know, using that on my partner might be frustrating. So I kind of feel like the Phyllis and he would be the Angela. Um, but it's it's really, you can build this into your regular life. And I know that we talked about this on, you know, the things that we don't really say as client success managers, we don't naturally swear all the time because we are aware that we could be on or we don't know who we're talking to or building mm-hmm. that relationship. But I think using a lot of these scripted you know, phrases would really help in our personal lives, not just in our professional life as well. Yeah. And I think the the third one is my favorite one. Like, thanks. I'd like to think about that more before responding. I think that basically wraps up what we've been talking about is, yeah. is like you said that. So that brings up, I think like the, the four of them together. So that word, like, thanks, like what you were saying, kind of a distractor, mm-hmm. but then also giving you time. So we were talking about how when you're having a conversation, you won't necessarily have the time to take a deep breath, for example, or think about or watch a video because you're having a conversation. But if you say that, thanks, I'd like to think more about that some other time, then you're basically putting a stop into the situation, you're taking a little break. And then maybe you come back and, you know, re re take the or restart the conversation in like five minutes, but you have given yourself that time to calm down. And like you said, to your point, so this is the business podcast and we're talking about, uh, this is like work related, but you can absolutely use this in your everyday life because we have situations very frequently where you need to, uh, (laughs) to not be heated. Yeah, definitely. All right. And I was wrong. I thought that was the last one. We do have one more. So don't forget to process your feelings. And I think that is 
super valid. So yes, we have talked about uh, recommendations, techniques really on how to calm down when you are feeling heated. However, that doesn't mean that you should just keep that that feeling, that anger bottled up because eventually it will come out and you will explode and no number of techniques is going to stop that if you keep bottling that up. So definitely take time to process your feelings. And, uh, you know, the, the recommendation here is to talk to someone that you trust uh, to determine the relative costs and benefits of expressing those feelings. So again, going back to talking to a trusted friend, a family member, maybe even a, a colleague, if you have a colleague that you trust enough to uh, share you know, your thoughts and feelings with, but uh, definitely like a family member or a friend, I think that talking about things, letting those things come out. And again, don't take it out on that person, but do talk about it, let it out, vent, venting is healthy when done the right way because yeah definitely don't keep that all bottled up it will come out eventually absolutely and i think to your point victor you made a really key point in the sense of like in time so you don't have to talk about it now you don't have mm -hmm. to talk about mm -hmm. it next week if you don't want to but you know giving yourself that space uh really helped me because as i'm venting when i am ready to talk about it when i know more of what i want to say and how i want to approach this situation I'll get feedback and I'll be ready for that. Mm. When, if I didn't though, you know, I've definitely gotten feedback before and I wasn't ready for it. So I didn't consider it. I shut that down. I humored that person giving me feedback, but I wasn't really doing anything with it. Mm -hmm. But I have noticed um, personal and professional Robin is that if I do have time, I'm willing to hear more about what the other person was going through. I'm ready to consider different aspects of things um, that could be going on that led to this point. So I think that's a really good point, Victor, that you made is just like, give yourself that moment to, to do your thing. And then when you're ready to talk about it, also be open to hearing what that other person has to say. Because to your mm -hmm, point, mm -hmm. it could be somebody who knows everybody that was involved, so a mm -hmm. coworker. It could be a friend who doesn't know anything, but they've heard about these people when you've talked to them before. So depending on who you're willing to talk to or who you can talk to, they might have really great insight for you as a coworker. They might mm -hmm, be able mm -hmm. to give you that other person's story or yeah. they heard through the grapevine that they might be going through something. And then you, you're just able to pause a little bit more to see, yeah, like... How could it, how did this get here? What could you do different differently? And mm -hmm. I think just make you a better person, just being aware. I think to her points, it's like being more aware of if you are talking to somebody, are they fidgeting? Are they moving? Are do you notice something within them that yeah. could be causing them to be more uncomfortable? But then also for yourself, it's like, how do you change and reapproach a situation that you've mm -hmm. faced mm -hmm. before? And you also could be wrong. And that yes. person tells you, oh, actually, no, Victor, never. No, no, but you're <laughs> but, right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But to that, to your point, like that feedback, maybe you actually are in the wrong. Yeah. But then if you don't take that time to process and then receive the feedback, even if you are wrong, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever known that you're wrong, but you're still not accepting that you're wrong. Yes. <laughs> and you don't want to let it uh, known. So yeah, definitely take some time to be ready for the feedback. That was, that's yeah, great, great tip as well. All right. Well, that wraps up our topic for this episode of the Business Podcast Canada. I do hope everyone enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you'd like to reach out to us, our email is contact at businesspodcast.ca, or you can also message us through LinkedIn if you prefer. Robin, any closing thoughts? I think this was really great, Victor, even though I think you're also being cheeky about how hot it is in Calgary right now. <laughs> but I think this is great. I mean, when I when you first gave this to me to consider for this topic, you know, at first it was like, okay, I've heard this before. But then when you really started to think about it and reflected on how you work as a person every day, I thought this was really timely. And so I do. Mm -hmm. And so what Victor said, so it's the Harvard Business Review. Um, you know, they they write this article of how to quickly calm down when you get triggered at work. I think it's great to start here at least, see what you do, how you can implement some of these tips, because, you know, as we talked about, like we are doing this, it just wasn't as point blank as the descriptor and the next steps. But I think we all have figured out a way to either take breaths or get distracted or regroup somehow. And maybe it is those catchphrases. So I do, I would recommend this to everybody to look at and, and see how it reflects in their life. Yeah. Excellent. And like Robin said, if you have any techniques of your own, please let us know. We'll be posting this on LinkedIn. So we'll have the comment section. You can email us, you can message us through LinkedIn. We want to hear about your techniques to keep cool in the workplace. Oh, good one. <laughs> good one. <laughs> all right. Excellent. Well, thank you all again for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Business Podcast Canada. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please reach out to contact at businesspodcast.ca. You can also find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash business podcast Canada. Until next time.